With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It was an interesting Sunday in the NFL where we had the biggest favorites of the day end up coming through and covering, yet we had five underdogs cashing on the money line, winning outright. It was fun, and the action's going to continue tonight with Monday Night Football here from Vegas. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. He's Michael Lombardi as we welcome you into Hour 2 of the Lombardi Line on VEASAN and DraftKings Network. Michael, there's so much I feel like that we could attack from Week 5 in the NFL. What were some of your just big standout takeaways from the day? Well, I, I think, you know, all the line we seen to start week five, we knew that anytime the public was on 51% of the bets, they were making money this year, which is strange. It was the most profitable year since, oh two, since 2020 and 09 for the betting public. But that flipped yesterday. If you followed the line movement for the first four weeks, you were making money. If you followed the live movement yesterday, you didn't. Because, you know, there was a lot of lines that moved and everybody was doing it, except for the Atlanta line, right? If you got Atlanta at one and a half, laying points, you won. If you got it at two, if you got Houston at two and a half, you won. But for the most part, it kind of things went back to normal again. Normal in in a different world because the two teams with the highest uh, uh, cover, had a cover, covered easily. Those games were never in jeopardy in terms of the cover and the number. So I, I think it was interesting there. And in all those games that were in that four five that moved closer to the three, three and a half, they all went the wrong way against against the betting public. And, and Michael, because you did reference the Falcons Texans game, that one was a sweat because CJ Stroud has leads that drive, puts Houston ahead, and then Atlanta is able to come back and answer. So that was, uh, you know, we always talk about that witching hour and that result, certainly part of it. We also yeah. had Michael, a, a number of injuries yesterday to Matt Milano for the Buffalo bills. Their stud linebacker goes down potentially season ending with a leg fracture, as well as a knee injury. Injury from that standpoint, we see Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson with a third injury in just five games to start the season. And Joe Burrow, actually, he came into the game injured, hobbled. I was somebody who wasn't particularly keen on how he was going to perform this week. And he looked the best by far that we have seen this year. Well, I think to me, we remember we said on the show Sunday, we saw a little clip of him working out and we thought, oh, he looks pretty. Yeah. I thought he looked pretty good. 
and he moved a little bit more. Look, their offensive line is still a problem. See, I think one of the things we have to do on Monday morning is forget the score, right? This, as Bill Walsh often said, the score takes care of itself, right? You got to analyze the game. And when you analyze that game, I like Cincy. I thought that line was very disrespectful to Cincinnati as it related to Arizona. It went from five down to three. Hell, when I did Russo on Friday at five o'clock, he had the line at two. And I wasn't even planning on taking Cincinnati. I said, well, I'll take them at two here. This is ridiculous. So, uh... By the way, I, I beat him 3-0 because he always rubs it in on me, Stormy, about how he's been dominating me. Forget about that. There we anyway, go. So uh, I, I think to me, watching Burrow the, and the team, there's still problems with his offensive line. There's still problems with their defense. It's not as good as it was. But what we did see in that game, when you watch it closely, once Cincinnati got the lead, once they came up in the fourth quarter, then all of a sudden their pass rush took over the game and they created more turnovers. So that's a positive thing for Cincinnati. Now, they got Seattle coming in this week. Not going to be an easy task. But they made some progress. I just don't buy this offensive line. I just think, to me, the two lines of the legitimate good teams – like, we know the Giants line's bad. We know New England's line's bad. We know Denver's line's bad. The Jets, all that. Okay, the good teams, you know, Kansas City, not they're not playing well. Cincinnati, they're not playing well. That's got to change if they are, if they're going to. Which I think has got to be overwhelmingly frustrating if you're in the Bengals front office, considering how much you invested in that group up front, that it is not panned out the way that you paid for. 34-20, the final in that one, the Bengals win and cover any number that was out there, even on the look ahead where they were a much larger favorite. And, and credit Jamar Chase, by the way, he said last week, he's always open. He was right. He was. <laughs> 10 receptions, 150 yards, two receiving touchdowns in the win. Uh, let's turn our attention. Did, did you see that catch he made on the deep throw? Yeah. First of all, what a great throw by oh. Burrow. But, I mean, the catch to catch that, that ball was coming in at laser speed. And it just naturally fit in. I mean, it was impressive. I don't think people realize how hard it is to catch that ball. He's a, a very, very special player. No question about it. But but hey, let's turn our attention to Monday night because we do have a big one coming out here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And I will let the folks at home know that granted, I am at a hotel. I am at a sports book in a hotel at Circa Resort and Casino. But there are a lot of Packers jerseys here. And we know that this is a group that travels. I anticipate there being a lot of green in the state tonight two and a half point underdog green bay is in this spot the line moved when jimmy garoppolo was officially off of concussion protocol but it has continued to go the raiders way Devonte adams questionable but he's expected to play and i would be stunned if he did not play for the first time against his former team he's gonna be excited to get out there yeah i would be shocked if he didn't play either and look i'm i'm shocked the line's moving towards the raiders because the raiders are like the vikings the Raiders are like some in some ways they're like the Patriots. They just beat themselves and they've yet to proven that they can't beat themselves. They've been in game other than the Buffalo game. They've been in games. They just turn the ball over at a rapid rate. And I'm surprised Green Bay didn't open up the favorite and stay the favorite. I really am. You know, the new the fact is the Raiders have to get their ground game going. They've got to get the ball to Josh Jacobs. They've got to run the football and they've got to use their skill. And what's happened to them is their offensive line has gotten pushed around. It got pushed around by Buffalo. It got pushed around a lot by Pittsburgh. And it got pushed around in Los Angeles last weekend. They've got to do a better job there. And you're always worried about the Raiders defensively. You know, I know Jordan Love's on the road in a big game. He lost to Atlanta in his first career start on the road. 
You know, they beat Chicago in his first career start on the road, lost to Atlanta in the second one. This will be his third one. But can the Raiders put any pressure other than Max Crosby? I mean, that's going to be the key. They've got to be able to win the turnover battle, and that's something the Raiders typically don't do. Because you mentioned that the Raiders need to run the football, do you think this Packers defense presents that opportunity? They're allowing the second most yards per game on the ground in the NFL right now. So if there was a get-right opportunity for the run game, it feels like it would be today. Yeah, I would think they, could, you know, they're going to have to. But I think what you got, I think early in this game, you got to throw with the run. It. I think they got to get Garoppolo into a groove. They got to do what Garoppolo is comfortable doing. And I think with a week off for Garoppolo and for them to really sit back and see what can he do and get the ball to their playmakers. I mean, they haven't been able to utilize their tight ends at all in their offense this year. And so they've got to do that and they've got to be able to mix in and let the run go and try to, you know, go back to one of the things I thought Josh always did a great job with when he was at New England is play Canadian football, get first downs and two downs. You know, and stay out of that third down, stay out of that possession down, because it requires a lot of things to go right. Like we saw with Buffalo, you know, Buffalo, if for all the conversations about travel, the first third down, you know, Josh makes a great throw over to the right sideline and the kid drops it. You know, when you're in third and four all the time, you know, you convert those to 45 percent. You're still giving the defense back 55 percent of the time. So. I think that's what they have to do. They got to start faster too. These teams that lose, like the Raiders have, the they get behind, and it exposes their offensive line. Whereas Miami, whose offensive line, if they played in any other system, in any other system, they would get destroyed. But because the ball comes out in two point three <laughs> seconds and it's going to bubble screens and Tyreek Hill takes it for seventy yards, they don't get exposed as much. Other injuries to be aware of for tonight, in addition to Devontae Adams, other questionables for the Raiders, corners, Ja'Korian Bennett and David Long. Only player ruled out is also in that defensive backfield and Nate Hobbs. The Packers, meanwhile, um, they well rested after the Thursday night game last week. So should be, you know, had time to lick their wounds and heal up a little bit. But linebacker Devondre Campbell and safety Zane Anderson, both out. Aaron Jones was also questionable, but from the reports that I have seen also expected to play, which will be important for that offensive group and supporting right. the young quarterback right and, and I think you know to me Jair Alexander is he going to play yeah questionable you as know, well on him you know we're not sure he's going to be a game time decision whether he plays Rasul Douglas I mean both these corners for Green Bay are very good at interceptions They've, they're very good at reading routes they're very good at anticipation and Garoppolo's got to do a good job of making sure he doesn't give them the game do you have a feel for the total in this one currently sitting 45 and a half and this one opened in the 42, 43 range. So taking some over money, do you get the sense that could be how this one plays out? You know, I think it will. I think both teams can move the ball. I think both teams can move the ball. Look, one thing Detroit, and we haven't seen Green Bay play since the Detroit game Thursday night and Detroit ran it down their throat. Detroit play action passed them and ran it down their throat. And that's the recipe. And you got to make, you've got to be able to do that. And that's what the Raiders can do with Garoppolo. With Jimmy G um, coming off of the concussion, is there any fear just in terms of like having to get reacclimated to the group or you feel like he's just going to step right in? Well, I mean, he's practiced Wednesday and Thursday. So it isn't like he's missed practice and he's just coming back, right? You know, I mean, he's had a full week of practice, he's had a full week to execute the game plan. I get the sense that the Raiders don't feel like they practice poorly. I think what that happens to the Raiders is they turn the ball over and they lose their confidence. You know, even in the in their one win against Denver on opening weekend, they they haven't been able they they turned the ball over in that game. They they've got to avoid losing before they can win.
Right. It's like it's interesting you say that because I feel like we look at all these deep analytics and advanced stats and sometimes turnovers ends up being the the number one thing. Right. And it just comes down to which quarterback turns the ball over. Right. Yeah. Right. And it comes back to confidence. Like if you watch the look, New England's bad. I'm not making any excuses. But if you watch the New England game and when Mac Jones throws the pick six again, the whole team went in the tank. Now they have no mental toughness to come out of the tank. And why don't they have that? Because he's done it so many times this year. Like you lose confidence. And that's not why they lost, but their reaction to the play is why they lost. They went right into the tank. The next series, three and out. Has two wide open receivers, doesn't hit them. Now it's over. Like now nobody believes it. Yeah, it and takes the air out of the building. played a step level below. It's, it's bad. And, you know, I'll be, I'm not absolving anybody here from the blame. I'm glad you mentioned the Patriots because Robert Kraft may or may not be stepping into the office when we come back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The puck drops on the NHL season Tuesday, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all of the action. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today to get our all-new NHL betting guide. It features previews for all 32 teams, futures bets, award picks, and season-long props. First p- period betting strategies as well. We've got our guy Steve Mackinnon's power ratings, plus best bet articles five days a week once the season gets underway. This guide's a must-have with key insights and data, whether you're an avid hockey better or new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. And get the VSIN NHL betting guide and become a VSIN Pro subscriber. VSIN.com slash subscribe is where you can do it. The appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? Got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal, it's strictly business. 
time you and me at a private talk where step into my office. And step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. Michael Lombardi, your 215 appointment has arrived and his name is Mr. Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots. This Patriots team off to its worst start, one in four through five games since 2000. You have worked for Robert Kraft in the past. You have worked with Bill Belichick. Seeing the way that things have panned out this season and the last handful of years, what would your advice be to Robert Kraft handling what has been the first failure in a long time in New England? Because it seems like any other coach in any other situation would be on the hot seat right now. You know, Mr. Kraft, I think the number one thing for all of us to do is to figure out what actually is the problem. And there's been a lot of theories out there. It's kind of a little bit like the Kennedy assassination. There's always a theory about a theory about a theory. What is the problem? If you think it's the coaching is not good enough, then that's an easy decision. If you think the players are not good enough, that's an easy decision. If you think it's both, that's a harder decision. If you think the scheme is a problem, that's an easy decision. If you think it's all three, coaching players and scheme, that's the ultimately hard decision. So I think what I would recommend you do is take a step back. Stop reading Twitter because Twitter has all the answers, only they have an eraser with it. And I would take a look at really what is the problem? What is the problem? Is it coaching? Is it the lack of offensive scheme? Is it the lack of offensive talent? Is it the wrong quarterback? What is it? What is the problem? And I think from that point, it becomes easy to make the decisions moving forward. Trust your instincts. Your instincts 20-some years ago led you to hire Bill Belichick when everybody said you shouldn't. Everybody said you shouldn't. You gave up a first-round pick for him. Everybody thought that was ridiculous. The back page of the New York Post, remember Ian O'Connor? He wrote it would be the worst decision you ever made. I would trust your instincts. However, that being said, I would get the right data. It's critical to know what the real problems are to solve it. And that comes with asking the right questions. And I think that's what you need to do. Six Super Bowl rings later, the tandem has worked pretty darn well together, but it's hard to overlook three and 10 the last 12 games, 26 and 29 since 2019, one lackluster playoff performance, and now coming off back to back worst games of Bill Belichick's head coaching career. So a lot of eyeballs on that team and that situation. Let's go to another one in four team. Things are not looking good for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos as Sean steps into the office. Um, obviously, this past game against the Jets, there was a lot of off-season, off-field talk with Sean Payton calling it the worst NFL coaching job potentially in history this off-season, referring to Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously, Hackett and the Jets get the job done yesterday. What can Sean Payton do to get his team playing up to the standards he feels they're capable of? That defense is averaging a league-worst 36 points per game. I think, Sean, you need to figure out how much further you can continue going down pretending you're a good team. You're not. You know it and I know it. You're not a good team. So at that point, once we realized we're not a good team, we started unloading Randy Gregory. We got rid of his, we really didn't get rid of his salary. We just got rid of him. I think really your focus has to be trying to improve the team as much as you can this year. But we're going to have to play a lot of young players. It's going to have to be a developmental thing. Because let's face it, we're not good enough in any area to play a game, especially defensively. So everything I did, everything I would recommend you do has a gear towards 
can this player be on our team next year? And I would liquidate players now, right now, before the trading deadline to see if I can get some assets back because that's going to be really important to this rebuild. The sooner we accept that we need to rebuild, the sooner we accept that we're going to draft a quarterback, the sooner that we accept that we need to move on, the better off we're going to be. So I think let's go to Thursday night. We'll give it a good effort. We probably can play them tough. It's a rivalry game. But you know our defense won't be able to hang in there long enough, especially if Andy wants to run the football. So once we get past that, then we need to regroup. We'll have six games in with 11 games to go. We're going to have a high pick. Let's figure out how we build this team moving forward the right way. Yeah, quick turnaround with a tough opponent on Thursday night. Okay, now let's use our visualization skills. Imagine this scenario. Your team has a three-point lead. You've got a third down with 35 seconds to go. The play clock in college, unless there's a timeout or a penalty, is 40 seconds. Your opponent has no timeout, so you're left with two options. Michael, you can one, take a knee, game over, win the game, everything is good, or option two, run a play and risk potential chaos. Imagine being a head coach that has risked potential chaos and had it back fire not once but twice in his career mario cristobal is stepping into the office michael what do you have to say you know mario you know we pay you a lot of money not just to recruit we pay you a lot of money to manage the game and you're a disaster you're a disaster at managing the game you've made this mistake once and now you make it again and you cost us a chance at really moving forward So what I would recommend that you do is you take the money out of your salary. We're paying you over $8 million a year for that decision. You should pay somebody a million to help you a year to to manage the game on the sideline because you obviously can't do it. Every team going back to my grandson's Dominic flag football team has victory formation. Victory formation. You call it out. The quarterback takes the snap. There's somebody behind him. Ever since Joe Pasarczyk, do you know who Joe Pasarczyk is? No, of course you don't, because you don't follow the history of the game. Tried to hand the ball off to Larry Zonka and pivoted it out the wrong way. And Herm Edwards picked it up and ran it into the end zone. And John McVay got fired at the end of the year. And Dick Vermeil the next year went to the playoffs. It changed the course of both franchises. It changed the course of both franchises. The miracle in the Meadowlands. And you just had the mishap in Miami. And all you had to do was get into victory formation. That's all you had to do. But of course, you didn't learn from your mistakes because you don't anticipate moving forward. I would recommend that you hire somebody and pay them out of your salary because the school's not paying you any more money. You know how coaches on the sideline have that guy that pulls on their belt to make sure that they're not on the field or getting hit by anything while things are happening? I feel like Mario needs one of those just in late game situations. Just pull it back. Hey, that's not what you need to do. Uh, Hasselbeck on the broadcast as it's happening says it needs to be said, quote, that's one of the biggest coaching mistakes at this level I have ever seen in my lifetime. Cristobal did after the game say he should have taken a knee and that even on the post game show said there's, quote, no way to rationalize it. Uh, Let's move in. The funny thing is the ACC announcer i don't think it was hasselback i listened to the abc acc announcer and he's screaming why aren't they in victory formation yep well i thought i thought that hasselback was calling the game i thought 
personally. Maybe it, it might have been him. I don't, yeah. It might have been him. Yeah. Yep. Well, and he and he was saying it like you're saying, like he was yelling at the television screen. Um, <laughs> I was yelling at the television screen in a positive way, cheering on the San Francisco 49ers. Dak Prescott, who's stepping into the office, was not so happy after a three interception day against their NFC longtime rival from back in the 80s and 90s. After the game, Dak told reporters it was quote the most humbling game he has ever been a part of. If you're talking to Dak, what do he and the Cowboys need to do to get back to contenders in the NFC? Yeah, I, I think, Dak, we've been spoiled a little bit by our fake success, right? You know, we've beaten three really bad offenses. And there, our defense isn't as elite as many people think it is. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. And, and Micah's tremendous, but we're not elite. I mean, we saw Arizona beat us hand, fair and square. We can't make a mistake offensively. We can't overcome any bad negative plays. So it really behooves us when we have a chance to hit a receiver down the field and he's open, we got to hit it. Like, we all have to play better. We all have to play better because to win a playoff game, it's going to require us playing at a highest level from the offensive line to the receivers. You know, we're not as talented as San Francisco in all facets of the game. There is a difference between the two teams. I think we saw it. 30 but there isn't a difference if we don't play better. I was just going to say 30 seconds, Michael. Frank Reich's in the office. Tell him off. I, I mean, Frank, at some point, are you going to protect the quarterback? Because if I was the kid's dad, I would be coming into your office every day. Like, at some point, are you going to protect him? Like, do we have to continually throw him, get him beat up? Can we get him under center and protect him and take some of the heat off him? It has just been so bad all around, and it's unfortunate when you see a guy who's just, you know he's so talented and he's so good being wasted away in what's been a rough start. 0-5 oh, for the Carolina Panthers, and I don't see it getting easier with, my, yeah, with Miami on the horizon. We're going to step aside. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. Beeson Zone, Mike Pritchard is going to join us as we continue to recap everything that happened yesterday in the NFL. Look ahead to Monday Night Football. Don't go anywhere. executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, all customers also get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. And maybe we should put a crown on our next guest, Mike Pritchard, VSIN NFL analyst, spent nearly a decade in the league as a wide receiver, won a national championship in college with CU Boulder as well, because you both has cashed the Colorado Buffaloes season win total over just six games into the season. Well done. Nobody believed at the beginning of the year, and you got it, my guy. The alma mater's popping. Absolutely. Uh, Stormy Michael, great to be with you. It's CU Day uh, today. Uh, <laughs> I was going to overdo it and put on all the rings that I had from CU, but I didn't want to do that to you guys. You and, said no, just a uh, jersey and, the, and, a, and a zip up will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a jersey and a zip up and, you know, just let people know. I uh, got Sometimes you got to let them know, Stormy and Michael. But, uh, no, great job by the Buffs. Um, you know, nobody really believed in that program. Um, uh, and now people are starting to believe in it. And uh, for one main reason, you know, Coach Prime, and, and flashy or no flash, the shine is on the program. But, but yet they're getting the job done. And they're not even playing their best football. They're not even consistent yet. So 
Uh, better days are ahead, but but from a betting standpoint, yeah, we're celebrating today, big time. Yeah, I mean, Mike, look, the, you know, the, everybody thinks it's going to be a walk in the park. All these games are easy, but as you know, I mean, Tim Murray picked, he took Arizona State. He, I, I asked him to try to convince me of it, and and he had it, and he went with the three and a half. So yeah. you got to give him credit for that. How about? You know, you had a three-team leg parlay this week with mm-hmm. San Francisco, uh, Philly, and the Steelers on the money line. What what led you to making that play? The Steelers money line, to me, was a bold, bold move. Yeah, it was bold, and it boosted the odds uh, big time with that three-legged parlay too, Michael. And my thinking was, um, because no matter how sophisticated NFL gets and, and how we want to throw in analytics and, and how we want to throw in metrics and, and how we want to throw in all these numbers, DVOA, you know, I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> how we're throwing all this stuff into football, the bottom line and the tried and true aspect of the game is how physical you are. That's why we get into the weight room and we lift weights, right? And that's why we try to run as fast as we can and be as powerful as we can because it's a very physical sport. Uh, so just the thinking about the Eagles, they lead the National Football League in rushing attempts uh, and play call, play selection as well, if you think about it. Uh, so I thought the physical aspect was going to allow me to, to catch that uh, along with San Francisco. You know, and it is, Dallas got exposed against uh, Arizona. We saw that. Uh, and yet they are sophisticated and yes, they're immensely talented, but they're not con- you know, consistently physical like the 49ers. The 49ers, they love to play physical brand of football. and uh, it plays out. It's making the game easier for Brock Purdy. The other one, though, the third one uh, with the Steelers uh, and the money line, that was a rivalry game situation. And uh, it, it's like Troy Palomalu. You know, he's always working. Tomlin always has that team playing physical. They might lose, but yet they always play in physical brand of football. And uh, we're seeing this shift by the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and is trying to be a pocket passer. And look at all the drops those guys had. I mean, they're getting away from who they really are and how they were constructed years ago in that physical brand. And that cost them uh, in that game against the Steelers. It was lucky, uh, I'll be honest, but um, happy to cash that ticket, though. Yeah, some serious late game errors from Baltimore. Steelers go on to score 14 points in the fourth quarter and win 17-10. So great dub there. Because you talk about that physicality, though, and being so important on a game-to-game basis, how does that help you form your thoughts on teams that you view as contenders? Like, I think right now, especially based on what we've seen throughout the course of this early season, but against Dallas, what San Francisco is able to do, they're going to be top of the list. They're the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. But beyond San Francisco, who are some other teams that stand out to you as kind of built like that that you view as contenders? Well, one of the teams that stands out that way and they're, they're kind of increasingly becoming a, a contender is the Detroit Lions, uh, Stormy. I mean, they, they run the San Francisco offense. I mean, we, we saw the trick play selection and, and all that stuff, but they are a physical uh, football team. I, I think Dan Campbell has brought that biting kneecaps and all that. Everybody laughed at that. <laughs> Uh, but it's playing out to be true, though. I mean, look at the defense uh, and how physical. And, and it's not so much that they can play that way. Uh, it's these teams have a willingness. Like, they prefer to play that way because the game becomes simple, uh, Stormy. And, and, you know, the thing is, is when we're watching Brock Purdy uh, have a high completion percentage and, and he's so deadly accurate, it's because those throws are so easy. 
the defense has so much to contend with. When, when we see teams in conflict or problems, it's when they have to drop back all the time and they have to go through progression and they have to read the blitz and, okay, you have to recognize this, this guy's coverage. And that's when things get convoluted and, and confusing. And, and that's when you see tablets being thrown on the sideline. Right. Uh, when when it's easy, uh, you're kicking it on the sideline with a glass of Gatorade. Uh, and that we're seeing that from a lot of teams, San Francisco, like we mentioned, the Eagles. Uh, I think they're one of those physical teams, the Detroit Lions. Pete Carroll's trying to get that from uh, Saint, uh, from the Seattle Seahawks for sure. So uh, there is elements of teams that are trying to get there. They're not there yet. Uh, but the teams I mentioned, certainly they stand out so far this year. Yeah, and where would you put the Miami Dolphins when you're talking about physicality? Because I watched that tape this morning, and the mm-hmm. Giants, you know, I mean, look, it's hard to get to Tua, and the running game with, with, was incredible. But the Giants, you know, got to Tua, hit him a couple times, turned the ball over three times. Their line is not physical. Where would you put them? Right. Well, in the Giants, I thought in the running game, like they, the Giants, they want to get after the quarterback. And a lot of teams – are built that way defensively to get after the quarterback. Uh, but when you have 300 pounders double teaming you and, and knocking you off the ball and across blocks from the tight ends and fullbacks, you don't want to get in there. Right. And, and I saw that from the giants. I, I, I saw this from Thibodeau, to be honest with you back in his days with Oregon uh, and in person, by the way, uh, just trying to avoid physical play. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I think the giants were, were soft enough, Michael, that it was misleading in terms of how physical uh, the Dolphins wanted to be. But uh, I will say this, you know, you look at the top two rushing teams out there, you know, Michael McDaniel and um, you know, what he's done with that run game uh, and, and how sophisticated it really is and how they feel like they can run it against anybody in any front uh, is similar to what San Francisco is doing too. So uh, I, I think they have work to do. And speaking of the Miami Dolphins, I agree with you. I think they have more work to do in terms of getting the willingness or developing the willingness uh, to knock people around. But if they do, uh, then they're a dangerous team uh, this season for sure. You know, I, I think that there's an interesting conversation to be had because when we came into this season, all of the talk was about the gauntlet that is going to be the AFC, right? But it's mm-hmm. been these NFC teams in San Francisco in particular that's kind of risen above the group here. And you have uh, a Dolphins team that defensively we know clearly needs some work. Buffalo, who was right. looking great, but now they have some significant injuries on, on that side of the ball as well. Kansas City hasn't looked the way we probably expected or thought or hoped they would, specifically even Patrick Mahomes and making some of the mistakes that he has. Is the NFC actually maybe better than the AFC right now? Uh, well, that's a great question, and it makes you think about at the, it. At the top, uh, you know, at least, just because I think you mentioned the Lions right, yeah. and the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's slow. The AFC slow count, slow rolling, if you will, because okay. – uh, because, you know, look at the Jets and what they did. They, they discovered they have uh, Brees Lightning now. <laughs> like, you, you had the guy, but for whatever reason, you were excited about Aaron Rodgers and what he was going to do throwing the football. Um, but, you know, ask, ask the great quarterbacks. I mean, they, John Elway's, once, once he had a Terrell Davis in a running game, the game became so easy for him that he could pick teams apart throwing the football. Right. And to have to worry about all the blitz pickups and all this disguise coverages and all that. We just run the football. We can run it against any front. Uh, and, you know, the Colts getting uh, to that point, too, from an AFC standpoint, Stormy. So uh, there's teams. I think Jacksonville exposed Buffalo again a little bit. Uh, there's teams that are trying to get there, but it's the willingness to get there. Right. Maybe in the, in the month of September, you don't want to be so physical because you're trying to preserve your body. 
But now it's moving month and you're trying to distinguish yourself and surely you're trying to have your identity uh, come to the surface as well. So I think it's going to be more of that. Uh, and as a better, uh, I'm out in front of it and I couldn't be happier about that. Hey, hey Pritch, uh, before we let you go here, one last thought on Colorado. You got to get your boy Shador Sanders, though. Like he knows <laughs> he knows that ASU lost like five straight games. It is not good. Right. He doesn't need to go flex the muscles in front of their section. Well, you know, I, I think it's all about the bling, right? Because uh, he puts on that watch. And uh, but NF, NIL has been a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I think somebody I don't know. I don't know if anybody out there will calm him down because right now they, they love the way he's playing. So uh, yeah. you got to take the I good with the do, bad sometimes. Right, I'm just right, saying. right, Come right. Get your boy. I, I think, Exactly. That's him. Uh, and he's going to be him, him and uh, himself. And, and, and I think Coach Prime wants it to be that way. So uh, if you don't want to see it, I guess the, the mission will be to beat uh, beat Chatur in, in the Colorado Buffalo. Yeah, hey, there, there you go. go. Great <laughs> stuff, is. as always, Pritch. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. The Buffaloes are on a roll. And Pritch, I, I love that, though. Just rolls in. He's got the CU zip up, the jersey behind him, ready to go. I would have liked the rings, though. I, I, I wanted the national championship ring bling there for Pritch. We're going to wrap things up on the Lombardi line in a moment. Don't go anywhere. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com. We are... 
Closing things out here on this Monday edition of the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. And, and Michael, I'm curious now that we are through this first quarter of the NFL season and yeah. we're getting to the point where we can put aside all of our preconceived right. offseason notions. We have the sample size. We need to base things on what we've seen in front of us. Who right. is a team that has been maybe the most pleasant surprise of this early season for you? And I, I want another team who's been your biggest disappointment because we had all of these preseason thoughts and ideas about who teams would be versus who they actually are now. Well, I, I think the biggest surprise has got to be Detroit's improvement defensively, especially with their front and the way they've dominated games up front. You know, we knew they were good offensively. But we also knew they gave up 350 yards rushing last year. But this front has changed the complexion of their team. They're way more physical. Uh, they can take over a game, and they have. And that really just sets up their offense perfectly. So I think they've been kind of a, a surprise from a defensive standpoint. I think a disappointment clearly is New England because, you know, when you saw New England last year, and I spent most of the, the offseason talking about how close they were, the, the Raider game, the Baltimore game, you know, all the turnovers that they had in these games that they couldn't win. And now it's and, – and if they improve their offense just a little bit more, they were going to be a better team. It went the other way. Their offense is worse now than it ever was at, at any point last year, frankly. So I think they have to be a disappointment. I think Frank Wright in, in Carolina has to be majorly disappointed in his inability to get the quarterback going because I, I know C.J. Stroud's played great, and, and he's been a really pleasant surprise. He was great again yesterday, didn't turn the ball over. But Young is really good. Young can be really good. They're, gonna, they're not letting Young be good. Young's got great instincts, great feel. You know, and Frank hasn't really done a good job. I think he's got to be a major disappointment in terms of all the things. I mean, when when, you know, David Tepper fired Steve Wilkes, he had the team going in the right direction. Carolina. And and then it fell apart. I was just going to say Carolina 0-5 to start the season, but Frank Reich as a head coach dating back to his final days in Indianapolis as well through his last 15 games three and 12 in that instance. So what do you do to get the quarterback going? Like how much of this is, should he just turn the page and hand over play calling duties? It, will that be something that can he help in that it. area? You know, he, I don't know if it'll help. I mean, he won't do it. I mean, you know, the, the offensive line, which was could run block last year, they can't even run block, you know? And, and so everything is, you know, I'm going to throw it, throw it, throw it. And it's getting his quarterback killed. You know, there's no sense of man. And the defense has gotten worse too. You know, the defense was, we used to talk about how good they were on defense. Now, they don't have J.C. Horn. I know they miss him. But to me, that, that's when you don't, and this is a criticism of New England. It's a criticism of the Giants. It's a criticism of, of Carolina. When, when you have this thing going at the end of the year, you need to improve on it. And if you're not improving, then what did you do in the offseason to hurt it? What has caused this? Did you misjudge a player? Did you, put a, did you replace the player with a worse player? You know, the idea is to get better, but that's not always the reality. Case in point, New England. Case in point, the Giants. I mean, the Giants are playing like they did when Joe Judge was the coach and everybody was complaining. You know, and then Brian came in and did a great job of managing the game. But what happened was they can't – everybody knows their everybody knows their routine. I mean, when you watch the Patriots game, everybody seems to know what they're going to do on offense. You know, Dallas was calling out the runs. So – like, they know what's happening. And I, and I think, to me, it goes back to we thought we were going to improve and we didn't. And that's why teams end up like this.
And speaking to some of these bad teams, like we are seeing that odds makers are recognizing bad is bad, right? We look at the Panthers who this week have to face the Miami Dolphins in a 13 and a half point spread. The Giants who you just referenced have the Bills. And I mean, that number's gotten all the way up to 15. But I think that leads to a good pro tip of the day, which we were discussing in the commercial break that we know who the worst teams are in the NFL right now through five games. So these spreads are going to get bigger and bigger, especially when these bad teams are playing other teams and organizations that we consider contenders right now. Michael. Yeah. Like how is Carolina going to score 20? Yeah. How are they going to protect and score 20 on the road? And how is Carolina going to stop Miami from scoring 34? It's the same conversation we had last week. So the books just adjusted it even further up. Buffalo's got huge adjustments, even though they have two injuries on two of the best players on defense will not play against the giants. And yet that line just shot through the roof. Right? So I, I don't, you know, you're paying a price, but Here's what I do know. I don't want to be on the side of the Giants. I don't want to take the 15 on the road, okay? But I don't want to take Buffalo either, so it makes it easy. Well, it's 14 right now. It's down to 14 pretty much everywhere. It got the 15, and, and it, it met resistance. You know, so I, I, don't want to take the, I don't want to take Buffalo, so scratch it. Like, I knew in my heart of hearts there was no way Miami, that New York was going to cover that game. I knew it, but I didn't give it out because – there's always that risk when you have that high of a spread. Something goes wrong or this happens. Even when it was, I think, 13, even when he threw the interception to make it, what, 14 to 10, you knew it was going to get the, they were never going to stop him and they were never going to move the ball. In that Giants-Bills game, still no um, update as of yet from Brian Dable on Daniel Jones' x-rays, but said over his press I, conference today he's optimistic about him being available yeah, this week. I think he'll play. Yeah. I think, I think the so bigger too. issue is if they have to put Tyrod Taylor in the game. He can't play. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's, you know, they carried him for the year and there's nothing, poor guy, he doesn't have anything left. At one time, he was a good player. VEASAN pro tips available at VEASAN.com, searchable by sport and by show. But I think that's a, a good one that makes a lot of sense for where we're at right now in the NFL calendar. Let's close things out today, Michael, with just some final thoughts on Monday Night Football, yeah. the Green Bay Packers. Uh, <laughs> why? Okay, just start I there. Go to why sleep are you laughing? And I just want to wake up and <laughs> I want to go to sleep and wake up and somebody tell me what happened. I mean, this is actually worse than when I was in the league. When your kids are coaching in a game. It actually is harder for you than it, than it is when you're doing it because at least it's you. You know, you don't have to take it, but it's always so hard. Look, the Raiders have to stop giving games away. I mean, since, since Josh has been there in the two years, they've played a lot of teams close. They haven't been able to win close games. And the Packers with a rookie, with a really a first-year starter at quarterback making his third road start, they've got to be able to get some turnovers and make some plays and close this game out. It's, they're going to be playing in a hostile environment. I mean, let's face it, there's going to be, they're going to be, it's going to be Lambeau Field West. It is. But that should motivate them, right? That should give them some of that drive. That should, should help them. Devontae Adams playing against his former team. You know he wants to go out there and make a great showing. And Garoppolo's got to play well. Yeah, Devontae Adams largely didn't practice this week, but the expectation is that he's going to go first time getting to face the Packers. Um, expected to go, not expected to go. Actually, Aaron Jones, potentially, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, he reported his status tonight remains up in the air at this point, but it sounds, quote, unlikely he'll go. He did make the trip and everything, but was very limited at practice, still isn't feeling up to 100%. So that's important for Green Bay in this spot. No question. You know, and we know Bakahari's on IR. He's out for the year. How unfortunate is that? Like every year with this guy. 
Well, you know, when you sign an older, when an older offensive lineman starts to have injuries, they, they don't go away. That's one of the things. There's a number when you get to 30 you know, and you've had a history of injuries, you're lucky to get 17 games. It's just part of the process. You know, so that offensive line. But look, the Raiders defensive line struggles to, you know, to really get control of the game. They're, they don't create turnovers. They played better in the second half against the Chargers. If they can carry that over, I think that certainly would help. They've got to get something out of their first round pick, Tyree Wilson. I mean, he hasn't really been able to step on the field. He's been laid off the ball. He's got to get going as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of you know, the Packers traveling, I just feel like I keep seeing more and more Green Bay jerseys oh, around Circa Sportsbook. So so they're not only at the stadium, they're going to be here at Circa oh. Sportsbook as well where we're broadcasting. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's going to be I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of fried cheese going around the whole strip. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> the Again, the line where things sit right now, the Raiders are a two and a half point favorite. We saw that adjustment when Jimmy Garoppolo officially became available from the concussion protocol. The total sitting around 45 and a half. It's it's so funny, Michael, because we've talked all throughout the show about these teams with such high expectations, the teams that have been big disappointments. But for both of these organizations, it seems just kind of like middle of the row expectations. The the going into this game just feels like it's kind of a mm, sort of a, a matchup. I'm not sure. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other when it comes to this one. And all the injuries play into it as well. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless of who plays when they do play, the, how they're going to be. We haven't seen either team play well yet. That's the problem. We don't even know what they're... We've seen teams play in spurts, but we also seen seen them play, turn over the football and not play well, like the fourth quarter against Atlanta with Green Bay. So I think that makes it an interesting game. I think this is two teams probably evenly matched. Well, like I said, I don't have a wager on a side in this game, so I'll be pulling for, for the Lombardi family in the Raiders tonight for you Thanks, guys. Stormy. I got you. Thank you I got so much, you. Stormy. <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.